Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are joined by Dan Turner, and Dan is going to walk us through specifics about what you should be looking for in the perfect fishing reel for you and your needs. We talk about budget. We talk about the types. You know, we got uh, the the push-button Zebcos. We talk about the open reel spinners we talk about bait casters and then we talk about budget we talk a little bit about everything um, different fishing scenarios what might work best and uh, he voices his opinion and lets us know what he uses and uh, so a guy like me I'm not very educated on the fishing scene and uh, I ask him a lot of questions about uh, you know if I'm looking to do this what should I use if I'm looking to do I guess bluegill fishing or bass fishing or walleye fishing what types of equipment should I use and Dan answers all those questions today but before we get into the podcast we got to share some news about our partner and that's Bondurant Custom Furniture you can go to their website bondurantcustomfurniture.com take a look at all the awesome custom made furniture that these guys design and create because it's uh, it's actually really cool they take old whiskey barrels and then they turn them into tables and chairs and artwork and I mean lamps and chandeliers you name it they can design it and then they also do other awesome customized work as well like uh, you call them up say hey I have an idea I'm almost positive they're going to be able to accommodate your needs, whether you're looking for a cabinet or you're looking for a coffee table, whatever they can do it. Uh, the, what I recommend is going to their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com. Take a look at everything that they have on the website. Call them up, chat with them, tell them what you're looking for, and I'm sure they can get you what you need. Bondurant Custom Furniture. There's that. Let's get into today's podcast about fishing reels with Dan Turner. All right, on the phone with me right now, Mr. Dan Turner. How you doing, man? Good, sir. You? I can't complain. It's a nice day out here in Iowa, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about fishing gear and equipment. This is going to be a no foreplay episode because you are on call, so you we might get interrupted any time of... Uh, of this conversation and when that happens you got to go do your job as a paramedic and i get left in the dust so (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna actually just jump right into this uh you recently wrote an article in the magazine uh, that talked a little bit about which fishing reel is right for me right and that's something that I, I think about a lot when um, I'm walking through, like I'm, I'm not necessarily a fishing guy and I'm the type of guy who 
if I need some fishing equipment, I'll probably just go to Walmart and buy it. On the other hand, my father-in-law is a fishing maniac, and he'll go to like Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's or any big box store and just spend a ton of time right there in the fishing aisles looking through absolutely every piece of equipment that they make. So when you were writing this article, kind of walk us through what you were trying to accomplish. Well, and you kind of brought up the the two groups that I was trying to cater to, you know, there are the groups, you know, like your father-in-law, um, you know, that I identify with, that a lot of my friends identify with that are consider ourselves to be hardcore fishermen. Right. And that's what we do. That's what we live for. We make sure that we buy the best equipment that we can afford. So it does last us, you know, as long as it can. Then there's the other group that is like yourself that doesn't fish as often, you know, doesn't dedicate as much time, as much money, you know, into the sport as, as other people do. And so they really don't have a need, nor do they have a desire to spend a lot of time. They just, they just want something to fish with. that's going to work and go. Right. So the, the problem with both those groups is sometimes people like me spend a little more money than what they actually need to. And the problem with the group like yourself is sometimes they don't spend enough money and end up actually, you know, excuse me, they don't spend enough money initially and end up spending more money and have heartache later on because they did not buy equipment that was appropriate for for what they want right so i am in more of the bow hunting life right like i i live and die by bow hunting and what i have found is that when you're talking about gear price typically reflects quality um is that the same way in the fishing gear and equipment absolutely Uh, at least 90 percent of the time you're going to go to Walmart and, you know, there's lots of fishing reels at Walmart for less than 50 bucks. Yeah. And I'd say maybe, you know, one or two of those is something that's going to last you, you know, what I would consider, you know, a long time and can do or, um, you know, use and abuse and whatnot. Right. You know, once you get above that 50, that $50 price point, you start getting into higher quality stuff. This, you know, the equipment is made better. Uh, there's more ball bearings, you know, for instance, in the fishing reels, it's smoother, uh, it's made of materials that are more durable and it just, it can totally reflect, like you said, you know, price does reflect quality, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So here's my knowledge of fishing reels. Uh, I know there is the push button reel that I feel Yo, like. Zipco 33. That's right. Like the, the, they have the, my first fishing pole ever was a Kermit the Frog. It was green. <laughs> fishing pole push the button that's how i learned how to cast right off that that yep. that thing and i can remember catching my first fish out of a cattle a stream that ran through a cattle pasture uh, i think it was a a bullhead uh just you know that was my first fishing memory now my daughter she has been taught by my stepdad uh how to cast an open reel so you flip it up you know put the finger on the string cast it and so she's light years ahead of where i was at her age and then there's my father-in-law who is a you know live and die by the bait caster other than those three are there any other types of reels out there no not really you know in all three of those there's subcategories that fall into them you know you'll have the uh like you know the push button style or the, the closed face you know those can be on top of the rod they can be under the rod there's some that actually have like a, a trigger, uh, like an underspin is what they call them. You know, in the spinning reels, there's 
Um, they also have ones that have triggers on, so you don't have to actually you know move the bale with your finger, uh, the bale wire with your finger. You know, in bait casters too, there's there's compact, and then there's um, what they call what I call a barrel reel. You know, it's it's bigger, it's geared um, for bigger fish, and it's uh, more bulky. Um, the compact ones that you see bass fishermen use, you know, they're sitting very low. They're a low profile reel. They fit in the palm of your hand. Uh, you can feel sens- you know sensitive bites a lot easier with those. And they're just easier to use. They're more comfortable to use, you know, for hours at a time. Uh, but most, mostly, you know, those three styles is what you're going to see. And kind of like you just described, people progress up through them. Most people, most kids start with the push button closed face, you know, like the Zebco 33. They'll progress to a spinning reel, you know, or an open faced. And, you know, once they, and then once they get into bass fishing, you know, typically or catfishing or musky or something where, you need a little heavier gear ratio, they will move to the bait caster style. Gotcha. So that's kind of the, the progression, but let's talk a little bit about the functionality of these reels. Um, is there, so like when I, I've never been bluegill fishing with a bait caster and I've never been large amount, you know, like if I was going out on water specifically looking for bass, I've never, I, I never used a, uh, I guess like a, a closed face Zebco, right? Right. Um, so right. what styles of fishing kind of match up with what you should be looking for, for a reel? So every piece of equipment that you use has a purpose. You don't go and build a house with a handsaw and a hammer. I mean, you could, but it's going to take you a long time. But right. if you have an electric saw and a nail gun, you're going to move along a lot quicker. Right. Um, you know, saying, you know, trying to like cut a tomato with a pair of scissors. Yeah, you can get it done, but it's going to be ugly. You know, you need a knife, you need a sharp knife. Um, the same goes with these reels. So when you look at the closed face reels, uh, you know, like the Zebco 33, uh, the way those retrieve the line is that there's a spool inside of there that spins. And on that spool, there's a pin. And the pin is about the size of a pencil lid. And so when you push the button, um, that disengages that pin so the line can go out. When you start reeling and you hear that click, that pin pops out of that that spool in there, and it starts spinning around, winding the line around there. And so there's this small, very small diameter um, point where the reel, or the, excuse me, where the line is being spun around the reel. And so because that's such a small point, it puts a lot of tension on that pin. So even with small fish, um, it's about all I can handle because there's just not enough um, gear ratio there to, to wind the line efficiently. Uh, you have a tendency to stretch the line and, and abrade it more easily with those. So, you know, bluegill fishing, crappie fishing, um, you know, trout, that's where those reels, you know, do well, because they, they can handle those smaller fish. Um, spinning reels is probably a reel that can be used for almost any kind of fish uh, in some form or fashion. I mean, you can use it for trout fishing, bluegill fishing, crappie fishing, bass fishing, walleye fishing, deep sea fishing, you know, to some aspects. Uh, basically, the bigger fish you get, the bigger spinning reel you get. You know, those are designed a little bit differently where there's a little bit bigger spool on the end of that bale that the line goes around that winds it around the reel, you know, and, and that, of course, has bearings in it. And depending on the gear ratio and how well the reel is made, how big the reel is, how sturdy the reel is, will determine the amount of weight, you know, the amount of tension that you can uh, wind in the line. Um, so bait casters on the other go ahead so um when it comes to like an open fa- like an open you know a spinning reel is that 
can you still go after, let's say, bigger fish with, uh, um, I guess, uh, like an open face or a spinning reel like that? Absolutely. It's just a matter of which technique are you going to use to go after those fish. Gotcha. Um, And the reason I say that is that when you start to fish for bass, say with a with a topwater frog, you know, typically these fish are going to be in heavy cover, heavy weeds, and you're going to need to to reel these fish out of those weeds with a lot of power. You know, that's why you have to use 40, 50, 60 pound test, you know, to try and get these fish out. Gotcha. So to do that and try and and try and wind that heavy lineup, you know, with a lot of tension and a lot of weight on the end of it with a spinning reel is not near as functional as it is with a with a bait caster um, because the bait caster is geared down as essentially a winch, you know, in aspects, the way it's designed. Um, so while a bait caster can do it, it's, again, it's probably not the best technique to use on a spinning reel. Right. Um, but yes, you can bass fish a spinning reel. I mean, millions of people bass fish with a spinning reel every day. Right. Um, you know, you can, you can still use worm techniques and uh, drop shot techniques, you know, almost exclusively you need a spinning reel with. Um, swim baits, crank baits, they can all be used with a spinning reel and be, in, be used successfully. Um, when you start getting into the bait casters and bass fishing, you know, your heavier presentations, heavier jigs, the, the frogging techniques, uh, big spinner baits, you know, stuff that you really have a lot of tension on that line when you're cranking it or is going to, you know, require that winching um, mechanism to, to either get the bait back to the boat or the fish back to the boat. I mean, that's where you're going to want to use a bait caster. Right. Okay. So depending on the lure setup now, like, like you said, you know, let's say a, a big buzz bait or a big spinner bait creates a lot of tension on the line. And then you have some presentations like a, a worm that you're just basically, uh, picking up and setting down on the bottom and you, you have, there's a lot of feel that goes into that, uh, that retrieval of that lure. Does any one of those reels, kind of equal sensitivity like i don't know how to ask the question because i'm not like an no i know what you're getting at yeah um so there's a couple different ways to think about this when you're holding a spinning reel typically it's a lighter rod it's right. a lighter sensitivity um the rod itself is built to be more sensitive but it's harder to feel the line itself because you're constantly moving the line and it's going around the spool. So the only way you're going to be able to feel what's at the end of that rod is to literally put your finger down and pull up on the, on the line a little bit to be able to feel the line or feel um, the resonance through the rod. However, with a bait caster, you can hold the reel in the palm of your hand and your finger can slimpy slip underneath the line. And while you're reeling, your finger can stay there and feel the tension on the line. So where this comes handy is is jig presentations, worm presentations, um, very um, other you know finesse techniques where you need to feel even just the littlest bite or you need to feel that cover to bring that bait over it you know without getting it hooked up. So bait casters and bass fishing go hand in hand for that reason. They're so versatile in that aspect. You can reel in a big spinner bait with it. Uh, you can reel in a top water, you know, and get it in that heavy cover. But yet you can take a worm with a quarter quarter ounce or even an eighth ounce sinker, you know, and drag it along the bottom, bring it through cover, feel every stick that that worm is going over and feel the lightest bite. Uh, and hence, you're going to catch more fish with it. And that's why bait casters are, are so popular for bait fishing. 
Gotcha. For Bassett, excuse me. Right. Just a little bit more feel that goes along with that presentation. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. Um, now, when it comes to fishing line, you know, uh, that's important, not only for the size of fish, but the, I guess, the structure that you're dragging it through. It's probably not as important. Um, and I've learned all this secondhand from my father-in-law, right? He, he talks to me about braided line. He talks to me about filament. What are the best pairings there? Or is that, can that differ as well? Well, there's three basic lines. There's monofilament, which has been around for ages. I mean, decades, um, fluorocarbon, uh, which has come out, uh, probably if I remember right, about 30 years ago, and braids have become really popular in the last 20 years or so. You know, when I was a kid growing up, it was monofilament, and that's all there was. I mean, you had trilene and strand with the different weight classes, and that one, that was your choices. You go to Bass Pro now, and there's literally an entire aisle filled with, with different <laughs> fishing lines, you know. Right. And, he, you know, somebody looks at it, and they're just like, oh, my God, it's mind-boggling. You know, not only do you have different brands, but you have different braids, different types of braids. Do I, do I buy clear? Do I buy blue? Do I buy red? I mean, do I buy green, yellow? Uh, you know, there's just anything that you want, and the options are there. So when you're looking at the closed face reels, the Zebcos and whatnot, those pretty much only operate well on monofilament. You know, monofilament kind of stretches a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of a limber, um, limp line, and it works very well with, with those closed face reels. Uh, spinning reels, you can use whatever you want on. And, again, that's going to depend on the application that you're using it for. Uh, as a rule, just remember that monofilament, um, floats, fluorocarbon sinks, and braid also sinks. So if you remember those three things, it kind of helps you in which application you're going to use it for. Monofilament also stretches. If I remember, and I'm going off the top of my head, so I, I may be off on these a little bit. Monofilament stretches somewhere around 12 to 15%. Uh, fluorocarbon stretches about 8%. Braid stretches about 3%. So what you can use those numbers for is your different applications. So when you're using a spinner bait, a crank bait, you know, sometimes a top water, the stretch of the monofilament plus the fact that it floats, um, will keep the bait on top of the water plus help you with a hook set. Right. Um, especially with crank baits, you know, the fluorocarbon sinks and it's crystal clear. It's very difficult to see under the water until it starts getting abraded, you know? So when you're dealing with, you know, gin clear water applications, whether it be trout fishing or walleye or, or smallmouth or whatever, you know, even just a, a 10 foot fluorocarbon leader, you know, can help you catch more fish because there's, you know, the, the fish aren't seeing that line. Um, plus it has less stretch than the monofilament, you know, which relates to more sensitivity. Yeah. The braids are very, very popular. And I'll be honest, 80% of my rods have braid on them. You know, I have, I have thinner braid for, you know, applications such as, you know, crankbaits or whatnot. And then I have the heavier braid and, you know, 40, 60 pound for my jig fishing, worm fishing, um, you know, cat fishing. I, I only use braid on cat fishing. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime I have a dirty or murky water, I'm just going to put a braid on. It's super sensitive. Um, there's hardly any stretch on it, you know, so it takes hardly any, it takes a lot less, um, a lot less force to set the hook with braid. Uh, and the sensitivity helps you with those bites. And so one of my favorite rigs to fish in the summertime for bass is worms and jigs. And so I will have either the bait tied on directly to braid, or if the water's a little clear, I'll put a fluorocarbon leader on. And I can I can feel everything that that bait goes over, around, or 
when you get when you get a bite because of the sensitivity to brakes. Right. Um, you know, and it's also you know it's also the perfect line for frog fishing, topwater fishing. You know, it's very very thin. It can cut through some of those weeds and stuff that that you'll get into when you start dealing with topwater. Plus, it just has a small diameter but a high strength. Um, you know, a, a sixty pound braid has a diameter of like twelve pound monofilament. Right. You know, so you get a lot of line on the same reel, you know, with much more strength. Okay. Um, so, so but, you know, a bait caster can handle all three. A spinning reel can handle all three. And, you know, the closed face, Zebco 33 style, pretty much only monofilament. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do you, what do you recommend? I want to go through a species here and I want you to tell me what you feel is the best pair like the best reel for that uh i guess that activity that you're doing that fish that you're trying to catch all right so i'll preface that with you know this is just going to be based on my opinion and my experience and that it's going to vary between person to person you know based on not only their their physical abilities but also their experience levels right right and and to add to that (laughs) i caught a 12 pound channel cat off of a a night crawler and a bobber and a push button Zebco uh, when I was like 14 or 15 years old. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's absolutely possible. It all depends on drag settings and, you know, and how you bring it. If you try and horse a fish in like that, uh, the tendency to break is going to be higher. But if you just take the time and let the drag do its job, I mean, there's, you know, there's mu- there's people catch muskies all the time on four pound, six pound line ice fishing. So, you know, it can be done. It's just a matter of how, how you do it. That's right. All right, so let's just start off with your your basic panfish, bluegill, crappie. You know, this is where um, both the closed face and the spinning reel is going to shine. You know, so you're going to have like a, a 100 class or a 200 class spinning reel, no bigger than a 200 class uh, spinning reel. Um, um, usually a lighter line, you know, four, six pound line. There's really no reason to ever go over eight pound test. You know, unless you're fishing around trees and stuff like that, and that's that's the only time I'd use, you know, an eight-pound test. Um, a sensitive rod, you know, six to seven-foot rod, um, uh, medium light to medium action uh, with um, – that's very, very sensitive so you can, you know, feel those bites if you're using anything but a bobber. Okay. All right. Uh, now let's kind of jump up to some some bass. Large bass. bass. This is going to depend on the technique, you know. Um, top water, um, like frog fishing, which is real popular right now. You're going to want a heavy rod, a medium heavy action rod, at least seven foot. Um, you know, a bait casting reel, a high speed bait cast reel. You want that high speed so that you can bring, you know, the bait back to the boat quickly once you get it past the target zone, and you want a forty to sixty pound braid on it. Um, heavy action rod uh, with a very fast tip. Gotcha. Now. If you're maybe, that's you, but now let's take it down a notch and talk about uh, bass fishing with maybe a kid or someone who's new to fishing. Same setup? Um, no, that's going to be technique specific. You know, if you wanted this kind of a good all-around bass fishing setup, um, you know, a 6.4 gear ratio reel, uh, 20 to 30 pound green braid, and a 7 foot medium action rod. Uh, you can do anything you want to do in bass fishing with that setup. You can, you know, crankbaits may be a little more difficult, you know, especially when you get into like smaller square bills, but you can still throw crankbaits. You can do worm presentations, jigs, um, spinner baits, top water, 
um, you know, swim baits. Uh, you can do just about anything with a 6.4 reel and a seven foot medium action rod and bass fishing. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Uh, because I am in the, I guess I'm going to be doing some purchasing here in a little bit, mainly for my kids, uh, to, and myself for a starter. So I'll probably go in sure. to wherever I buy, I'll buy like two or three of everything and just set up the same poles, you know, everything for everything. Yep. So, yep. all right. So now let's move on to uh, like a, a little bit potentially bigger of a fish. Um, no, let me, let, let me actually go back a sec. Does that setup change if you're fishing a lake versus something with more current, like a river? For a bass? Yeah. Um, not typically. Uh, it will usually go hand in hand. So, um, the water conditions as far as clarity may change what type of line you use or whether or not you'd use a fluorocarbon leader. Uh, but other than that, that setup should be, you know, conducive to either a river or a lake. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about muskie or walleye. Uh, so, you know, what, and I know that changes as well. Cause my, my uh, father or my, yeah, my father-in-law does a lot of crankbaits for walleyes, but I know a lot of people do the drifting with walleye for walleyes as well. Oh, sure. So, yep. um, any, what's your setup there? Um, for walleye fishing, it's really hard to beat a, a 200 class spinning reel on a seven foot medium action rod. Uh, again, you want something sensitive. Um, the type of line that you put on a reel is going to be dependent on your condition. You know, again, if you got clear water, then fluorocarbon is going to be your friend. Um, you know, if it's stained, you know, you may want to move up to a, to a braid, you know, with a fluorocarbon leader, but again, you can still use a fluorocarbon. Uh, six to eight pound test is very, very popular. Uh, you know, once you start throwing crankbaits, people may uh, switch over to a cranking, you know, a crankbait rod, uh, but it just kind of depends on the size of crankbaits. You know, a lot of times with walleye fishing, it, it's smaller crankbaits, and you typically need something just a little bit heavier with a bait caster to really get them out there, you know, something that's, um, you know, a couple ounces at least. Uh, with a spinning rail, that's the one advantage of a spinning rail. You can throw the lightest lures you know, a long ways because there's no drag on a reel that you have to deal with. So you can really get them out there. So, but, uh, a seven foot rod, medium action, 200 class spinning reel with fluorocarbon can catch walleyes almost anywhere in the country. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, when do you typically only pull out the bait caster then? Um, bass fishing. That's almost all I use bass fishing unless I'm drop shotting. Yeah. I use those when I'm musky fishing. I use them when I'm cat fishing. Gotcha. So you're a after fa- that, I will probably move to a spinning reel. You know, for anything smaller than that. So that's that's kind of your go-to reel. Like if there's only one to pick from, you're you're picking a spinning reel. Yes. Yeah. If you if you're sitting there at the aisle and you're you have you have money to buy one reel, then then yeah. A 200-class spinning reel will catch almost any fish in the Midwest. Gotcha. All right, so let's talk a little bit about budgets. And I know there's a lot of different brands out there and a lot of different things that, uh, you know, different brands and different price points. But let's say a guy, he he only has 100 bucks to spend for a, a whole setup. Can What reel would you recommend for someone who does not have a lot to spend? Again, this kind of depends on personal preferences and right. experiences. Uh, Fluger makes a good reel. Uh, Shimano is also, in my mind, the gold standard of spinning reels. Yeah. Uh, I've had Shimano reels for years. They've been dropped in salt water and abused in sand. 
and thrown in the mud and everything. And you just clean them up and they just keep going. Uh, you know, so uh, Shimano makes a great reel. I can't remember the model name. I think it's a Sedona. That's right around that $50 mark. Right. It's an excellent reel. Uh, I have two of them. Um, they've lasted, you know, for years uh, in, in the boat and thrown around and salt water and everything else. You know, so for if you're talking less than 100 bucks for the whole setup, you know, uh, that $50 Shimano reel uh, gets you a uh, $30 to $40 spinning rod, you know, a sensitive graphite spinning rod. That's about seven foot long, medium action. And you should be able to get all that for hundred bucks. You know, the line is going to be, may throw you over that hundred dollar mark, depending on if you choose fluorocarbon or braid, uh, the fluorocarbon you usually get for 10 to $15 a spool. The, the braid is pretty hard to get for less than 20. Gotcha. Um, the, the advantage to the braid is that I should mention too, fluorocarbon and mono tend to wear out uh, any kind of sunlight. The UV rays can damage it. It can stretch and it pretty much I replace monofilament and and the fluorocarbon on my reels annually if not twice a year the braid there's braid on some of my reels i've had on there for four or five years until it starts looking war or braided it stays on there it's just nothing hurts the stuff it, it really does a phenomenal job so when you're looking at braid and, and yeah it costs 20 or 30 bucks a spool but it lasts you know three four times as long as the monofilament or fluorocarbon potentially it's actually cheaper to buy the braid. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, are, are there cheaper versions than $50 out there? Like if I go to Walmart and say, hey, man, I want to, I want to buy the cheapest possible uh, reel I can, what am I looking at? You're looking at a disposable setup. <laughs> like, a, like, a, <laughs> like a one-time use? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, sometimes I've seen, you know, people buy these reels and literally they'll be shucked out, you know, with, within the first couple of times that I use them. Um, you can care for them and you can baby them and they may get you by for a couple of years if you're only fishing once or twice a year. And if that's all you plan on doing, then maybe that is the best setup for you. But don't expect big things out of a $25 reel because you're not going to get it. Right. Uh, expect, you know, expect that drag to uh, get burnt up at the first big fish. Expect the bearings to burn out, you know, quickly. You know, expect it to start feeling real rough when you reel it. Uh, and expect it to tear up your line. Um, it, it's a disposable setup. I mean, in you're my mind, what you pay for. You exactly are. You're much better off to 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 bite the bullet a little bit more, spend the fifty dollars, and have a reel that will last you for years and years and years as long as you take care of it, as opposed to you know the twenty five dollar one that you know may last you two, even if you're only using it a couple times a year. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the medium setup. We talk a little bit about uh, the you know, the disposable, the disposable reels. Now let's talk about the, the category that you are in and my, my, uh, father-in-law are in, and that is the, uh, you know, all I care about is fishing type category. I'm going to spend, uh, as much money on fishing gear as I do on a house. What, <laughs> what is, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> hey, the good thing about podcasts like this, and I, and I know this is stereotyping is I say that a lot on my other podcasts that I do. Don't tell my wife, but my wife never listens. <laughs> She'll never listen to this. Right. So, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, but what about the, the guy who's got like a thousand dollars? He's, he's going, you know what? I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on a reel. Do they, a make reels that are a thousand dollars because i've seen some that are pretty expensive uh, but what's the top end what's the cream of the crop when it comes to a reel setup 
Um, I think there is some that are approaching that thousand dollar point, um, but they are deep water, saltwater reels gotcha. uh, for very big fish, tuna, shark. I mean, very, very large fish. Nothing in uh, Iowa. You know, and no, no, you would not need anything like that in Iowa. You know, I think Penn is the, pretty much the world leader in saltwater reels. There are other other manufacturers, obviously, but uh, the standard is is Penn, P-E-N-N. And so they have a lot of those, you know, higher price point reels. And some of them saltwater setups, I mean, you'll be looking at, you know, $1,000, $1,500 just for the rod and reel. Right. So, But, you know, they're also driving around the ocean in $250,000 boats, too. So Yeah. So what about what what are we looking at for a high end spinning reel, high end bait caster? In my mind, there's lots of high end, you know, quote unquote high end spinning reels and bait casters. You know, there's a lot of them around two hundred bucks. There's a lot of them around three hundred bucks. Typically I try and stay under hundred and fifty for a reel, not for a bait caster. And I try and stay under a hundred for a spinning reel. I can get a lot of use out of a $130 bait caster. It'll last me years and years and years as long as I keep it old and clean. And the advantages of that as opposed to a $250 reel really don't add up. I can take that extra 100 bucks that I saved and put it into you know another rod or put it towards another reel or baits or other things that will help me catch more fish and enjoy my time more. So if I had $1,000 to spend on rod and reels, you know, I would probably spend about $200 on each setup, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more depending on, you know, what I was targeting, you know, a hundred, a hundred and fifty, excuse me, a hundred to 140 for the reel and a hundred, excuse me, 60 to a hundred dollars for the rod. You know, again, depending on what I'm, what I'm targeting you know, with, with five setups, you can target almost anything that you want in the Midwest and almost any technique, uh, whether it's bass, walleye, panfish, whatever. Um, so you know, I mentioned in articles, I think Lou's is one of my favorite bait casting reels. Uh, Lou's has many models to choose from. There's uh, budget models uh, from between 50 and $80. Uh, there's midpoints from that 100 to $150 mark, and they have some high-end reels around the 200 250 mark. And they each have their purpose, and each are, you know, built differently. The higher price points have more ball bearings, and they're smoother and, you know, more... Uh, maybe more enjoyable to use, but they don't catch fish any better than the $130 one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Between the budget, you know, take, I'm going to take loose for examples because I'm very familiar with them. When you go between the budget, you know, 60 to $80 reels and the mid range, $130 reels, there's a huge difference in how they're made. A lot of times the mid range are going to have more ball bearings. They usually have a aluminum body on them instead of a graphite or a plastic body. Uh, so you're going to have less twist in the reel. It's going to be more solid feeling. It's going to last longer because of that. Uh, they typically also have bigger spools and better drag systems as well. So when you're talking, you know, getting into bass fishing and cat fishing and stuff like that, musky fishing, the drag systems are super important. Uh, you know, if you're going to burn up a drag system on four or five fish and have to start replacing parts, then you're better off just to, you know, buy the little bit of a little more expensive reel it's got the better drag system and it's going to last you longer and you know you don't have to worry about losing fish gotcha okay so other than lose are there any other popular brands that are t- towards the high end that people you know if you if you're willing to if you're wanting to make that uh next step and become serious about fishing what you know what should we be looking for um and spinning reels uh shimano and fluger um are pretty much the the two high-end 
manufacturers of spinning reels. Uh, there are some other ones. Abu Garcia also makes a lot of good spinning reels, uh, but Shimano and um, Shimano and Fluger are going to be the ones that most people are going to look to when they want something higher end. And bait casters, there's a lot of manufacturers of bait casters. Uh, Lose is, like I said, one of my favorites. Shimano also makes an excellent bait caster, uh, especially in the higher price point models. As does Abu Garcia. Uh, Abu Garcia actually has one. I think it's Abu Garcia that's making it. They brought one out now that they're claiming is um, backlash proof. Um, I've got to use it one time. A buddy of mine bought one, and it's kind of interesting because the line guide, instead of being round, it's actually kind of an oblong shape. So when you cast it, instead of the line going through this small hole, it's actually going back and forth off the spool in this oblong slot instead of one specific centered point. And, and it is. I mean, you can just cast that thing and just let it go, and it's pretty hard to backlash. It's amazing. Well, um, give it to me. I bet you I prove, <laughs> them, <laughs> I bet you I prove them wrong. <laughs> so I haven't got to fish with it much yet. I've just cast it a couple times, but it'll probably be my next reel I buy just, just, just to see how it is. Absolutely. Um, so, but, but those three manufacturers of bait casters are probably my favorites. And there's other ones out there, and, and there's a lot of manufacturers that make good reels, but it, it's pretty hard to go wrong with, with one of those three models. Right. And just like anything in, in life, whether you're buying a toaster or you're buying a fishing reel, you can go online and find a ton of information, a ton of reviews, a ton of feedback on whatever you're looking for. And, uh, you know, then you, you use your own smarts, I guess you would say, and uh, pick the best purchase that's for you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, it kind of gets mind boggling because there's so many manufacturers of so much equipment anymore you know even bow hunting for instance you know 20 years ago there was you know hoyt and matthews and bear you know for the most part yeah. you know and now how many manufacturers are making bows you know it, it just gets ridiculous sometimes so that's right the best advice i can give with that is you know find a mentor find somebody that's experienced that you trust and start using their equipment and see if it's something that you like i mean that's why i'm attached to lose reels because i started fishing with a buddy of mine that he had lose reels and he had some Abu Garcia reels. I use the lose reels and I loved them and I've been buying them ever since, you know, and that's what I've stuck with because I like them and I trust them. So. Absolutely. um, So so the last thing I want to talk about real quick is maintenance, right? I go fishing and I don't ever take care of any fishing poles, right? I, (laughs) I, I I just, I don't, it's one of these things that if you're not an experienced fisherman, you don't, you assume that they just take care of themselves, whether but there is some maintenance that needs to happen on these reels to expand the lifetime of them. Why don't you walk us through uh, like what you do on an annual basis? So the two biggest things to remember when you're talking about fishing reels is cleanliness and lubrication. If you go out in the rain or you get dropped in the mud or the sand, make sure you get that cleaned off right. If it gets dropped in the water, you also need to clean it. You know, the I don't know. There's very few lakes in Iowa that are, you know, super clean. They all have a little bit of dirt or mud in them. So as soon as you drop that reel in the water, that dirty water gets into the components and it needs cleaned. Um, every reel that you buy will have a owner's manual with it that will show you what to take apart, what to clean, and what to lubricate. And so most of the time, it literally takes 10 minutes and a little oil dropper um, to completely get your reel back up and running and good as new. I do my reels. You know, every two to three months, uh, if I'm fishing hard during the summer this year, I haven't been able to fish as much as I want to because of work. Um, but most years, I'm, I lubricate and clean and lubricate everything, you know, either after season or before season starts and then midway 
um, through, you know, in June, July, something like that. Right. Right. Um, as far as rods go, the biggest thing is, is check your eyes where the, where the line goes through. Some rods are not made for braid. And so when that braid goes through there, especially when you're hauling in big fish or heavy lures, they'll actually cut into the eyes of the rod. Uh, so you have to be very careful when you're purchasing um, rods that you get either a titanium eye or something on there that says, um, you know, specifically manufactured for braided line. Um, you know, so always check those eyes for cracks, nicks, any kind of abrasions, because it does not take hardly anything in those eyes to fray your line and potentially lose lose that fish. Gotcha. Um, always always check the reel seats where the reels go in. Make sure that they can tighten up good and they're not loose. Uh, as far as that, just any kind of you know breaks or fractures in the rod itself, um, you know, also need to be either repaired or more times than not signals that you know the rod is is trash and you need to buy a new one yeah all right well mr dan turner uh appreciate all your insight here today uh thank you very much for hopping on the podcast once again and uh this won't be the last time uh good luck uh out on the water wherever you're fishing this uh this summer and uh we'll chat again that sounds good had fun dan i appreciate it And there you have it. Huge shout out to Mr. Dan Turner. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hop on and chit chat with us. Hopefully you guys found this information useful. I know I did. Uh, Like I said, I'm not a fishing guy, but I want to be more of a fishing guy. So all this information helps me out when choosing gear and equipment that I need, you know, not only to take myself fishing, but take my kids fishing as well. So, uh, Hopefully you like it. Why don't you go to the Iowa Sportsman Facebook page? Be sure you're following along there and just comment on what you'd like to see covered. Uh, Iowa-specific type topics that uh, may, you may like to see covered on this uh, podcast, and we'll try our darndest to, to do it. Huge shout-out to our partner, Bondurant Custom Furniture, and... Uh, Go give those guys a, a, a quick look, bondurantcustomfurniture.com. And lastly, if you are not subscribed to this podcast through iTunes or wherever you download your podcast, please do that. And other than that, Instagram and Facebook. We don't have an Instagram page yet, but it's going to come. But we do have a Facebook page, the Iowa Sportsman Facebook page. And be sure to visit iowasportsman.com. Get the magazine. Go read all the cool articles online. And uh, it's just more great content for your eyes and ears other than that have a great rest of your weekend have a great week and we'll talk to you next week